Hello and welcome to Industry Town. Uh, I'm really excited for today's episode. My guest is Lindsay Chambers. She is a dear friend of mine. She's been on the pod a couple times and she's one of my favorite people to talk about movies and television and the industry. So that is what we are going to do. We are going to look back on 2020, our year watching things in quarantine, share our top five lists of things that we watched and we're also going to talk about the business, the entertainment industry. What is the state of it after all of this uh, really difficult, difficult year? So we're going to get into it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I love both our lists, and I can't wait to share them with you. So anyway, here is Lindsay Chambers. Lock it up. Very quiet and still. Ready. Scene one, take three, A mark. This is a pleasure. I am back with the most regular contributor to Industry Town, even though it's been almost a year. It's been, yeah, since we did this I, last yeah, year. Yeah, oh, it's been a while. We did our, we did have an Oscar one, but since then we haven't had you back. That's Welcome true. back, Lindsay Chambers. It's so good to see you over the Zoom. Oh, so good to see you, Ryan. I, I miss you. you too. It is a little bit of a bummer to me, though, that I'm starting to feel the same kind of happiness seeing somebody I haven't seen over Zoom that I used to see like in person <laughs> and it's it's becoming yeah. normalized like oh this is me seeing my friend kind of yeah it almost counts I mean it's it's a good and yeah. bad okay so um, <laughs> look we're going to talk about uh, entertainment pop culture today it's going to be mm. fun um, we don't have to learn anything today if we do that's a that's a, that's a plus maybe <laughs> but that sounds like homework to me I'm just curious when you think about your 2020 as a cultural experience um, mm. what what is it that that comes to light for you Oh man, that's so interesting. Um, I I guess for me personally, and we'll get into this a bit more, but um, I took it at the beginning at least as an opportunity to like watch everything that I wish I had watched and and really um, do some some fun homework. And then since then, I've just buried my head and have only wanted candy <laughs> in terms of um, content. And um, there's a lot of candy out there. Let me tell okay, you. Okay, so so first you did the the good student thing. You're like, I'm going to take yes. advantage of this time now. And so you didn't yes. write King Lear, but you did catch up on maybe like The Wire. Like, what was it? That, what showed up here? So uh, it was for me a lot of movies. We um, uh, like every weekend would pick a, a director to like catch up on their Ooh. canon. Um, and it was very fun. You started with Kubrick, Scorsese, Spike Lee, did a lot of, you know, jumping around and um, and like discussing the themes in their films. And it was really nice. It was really fun. And then uh, and then it just took a turn. And, and we're talking Die Hard. We're talking pain and gain. We're talking just just pure um, romps that need no thinking and no uh no thinking about the current state of this the is world. one thing I've always enjoyed about your aesthetic is that there's a there's a great palette here with a wonderful aesthetic, but boy do you love some steroidal men as well. Just like yeah, working really out their aggression at the gym in a car, you know. I will say pain and gain almost made the list, and that is how chaotic we're about to get. So strap in, baby. So you've been you've been building this up. I'm excited. So we're gonna get to our top fives of core pretty soon. Um but I wanna ask it's you're watching Kubrick, Spike Lee, and all these. Um, were there any big risers or fallers in your estimation? 
Yeah, actually, um, Kubrick, I just, I had seen The Shining, which I did get to rewatch, um, and I saw with my little brother who had never mm-hmm. seen it, and that was a very delightful experience. Um, uh, yeah, really dug him, obviously. But, um, but Wes Anderson, I had only seen, um, the Grand Budapest Hotel and some of his more recent mm-hmm. films, but I just didn't, there wasn't like Isle of Dogs. I just didn't quite, it wasn't clicking sure. for me. And so I was like, yeah, I think I just don't love him. And then we went back and watched Bottle Rocket and Royal Tenenbaums, which I had never seen. And it gave context for those other movies. And now I think I think I love it. I feel like Royal Tenenbaums, that's, that feels just Ugh. made for you. I feel like if you'd seen that earlier, you would have done a Gwyneth Paltrow Halloween costume at some point, like in high school or something. 100%. It's a classic costume. So simple, so beautiful. She really nails it. I don't think she realized how much she was like hitting herself with that, like the send up. I don't know. Yeah. I think now she's aware. I don't. I don't fully know. It was really iconic, and just yeah. I mean, a movie about a dad who's trying to make up for you know how, how he's been is like just all I ever want to see. And also, it's the like grand farewell to Gene Hackman, pretty much. Like, I didn't know that that was his victory lap, but that man, that man is still alive. Yeah. That's a shocker to me that someone's. Hasn't made a movie for that long, but their heart's beating. It's just like, you don't see that very often. Yeah. I mean, I, I good for him, though. He doesn't, doesn't need, need to. Doesn't need to. So, Kubrick. I really I really yeah. enjoy some Kubrick films, but what I've found as a watcher is I, I kind of need a big screen to get it. I saw 2001. Uh-huh probably in 2001 or something and oh it was at my like my home parents television which probably was mm-hmm. pretty big for the time but I didn't I didn't get some I wasn't awed by it and then I saw it at the okay. Arclight and that was like a spiritual experience um yeah do you feel like you can be affected as it get as into some of those older artsier films through your television you know, I, I'm sure this we'll, we'll talk about this at the end as well, but uh, I, obviously everything is better in a movie theater. I love a movie theater and and would watch every every single movie there, even bad ones. I, the last movie I saw in theaters was with Tiffany Commons. We saw Bad Boys 3. Shout out oh, to her. Tiffany, shout out. Oh, my God. With the witch. And it was a packed That begins theater. with there being a witch in the movie, right? Which no one expects. There is a witch element. Um, one of the best jokes. Yeah. I really... I guess I encourage it. Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, um, but but I just really think any movie is elevated in uh, in a theater setting. And um, that said, I, I do think like it was very cool again to watch The Shining with my little brother and against his wishes, just be like, okay, point perspective. And like we kept like going like this with our hands, like zooming in on the screen and being like, do you see? Do you see? And it was like, you know, I think uh, we're also spoiled and have like a pretty pretty nice TV. I mean, so. But that's also part of why theaters were dying, which we will talk about. But I don't want to start with sad stuff. I don't. I don't. I want to get into our top fives. I want to get into our top fives. Okay. And here's the rule for the top five: is there are no rules. It can be old rewatches. It can be new things. It can be garbage television. You could tell me that on your top five is just like watching somebody come home from work every day. You just really are fast. I don't care. I'm in for whatever your cultural experience is, even if it's just pain and gain listed five times in a row. Oh, yeah. It's one through five. And you've done a really good... I I will will preface for everybody by saying, you sent me a list of things that you've watched. You have done your homework. I I think we have a gift today. I'm very excited about this. So uh, shall we we get into it? Shall we do it? Let's do it. uh, Well, let's have guests go first. Number five. Lindsay. 
Okay, number five, this ties in well, because my number five, I did stress over this a lot, and this is the one that I feel shakiest on, to preface, but it is a Kubrick, and it is Eyes Wide Shut, his last film. I had never seen it before, and I can't stop thinking about it. I saw it, again, in late March, and I think I love it. I think it's an incredible film. Have you seen? So, okay, let's get into it. I have a story about seeing Eyes Wide Shut, and I've not seen it since, I think because of this moment. So... That movie came out, was it, like, 99? I believe it is, yes, 1999. Okay, wow, yeah, okay. So right after my brother went to college. So this is a period mm-hmm. of, of my of my childhood that I think of as the, uh, my brother called it the interregnum, which is when he was gone, but I was still there. <laughs> and uh, this meant that my parents' marriage was pretty frosty and had about two years left, but it was that time where, like, For we sure. didn't talk about it or really recognize it yet. So it was a real fun time in the Norris household. And we had in, in our town of Lafayette a single screen, no, a two screen movie theater. And we decided as a family, as a frosty family, to go see Waking <laughs> Ned Divine, which was this little Irish comedy oh. that I think got nominated for a couple yeah. of Oscars about like an like the guy in the town who wins the lottery is dead and the whole town. I remember. And it's delightful. Yeah. But it was sold the fuck out. <laughs> so my dad oh, says, no. guys, I'm sorry. Um, it, uh, it, it was sold out. But I did get, I got tickets for the other movie. And it was eyes wide shut. <laughs> oh, no. So I go, and it's like a tiny, like a 30-person theater or something. And I'm sitting between my parents because they don't want to sit next to each other. But I don't realize that. Right. And I'm watching eyes wide shut. I don't realize that my dad is having his own sexual awakening at this point. He'll come out of the closet in like two years. <sighs> and I swear to God, when Nicole Kidman is topless and looking at herself in the mirror, iconic shot, he yeah. leans over to me Great and he says, that's the most beautiful woman you'll ever see in your life. And I'm still unpacking all of it. I don't know about any of it. I, I I don't know. I don't. I haven't processed it. I brought it up for multiple therapists. I've talked about it for hours. I don't know if you have something for wow. me, but that's my experience with this movie. So now I'm curious. What's oh my god. Oh my god. Well, just go on and give a moment for that to breathe. What a traumatic, traumatic time. I'm so sorry to bring you that know, we're up. You're recording on Sunday at one o'clock. I feel like I should pour myself a drink. I didn't realize we'd go right to the trauma, but here we are. Number five, eyes wide shut. So what was so what what can you not stop thinking? Actually, first, what's the log line for that movie? Can you explain the plot in a sentence? <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna do my best. Um in this psychological erotic thriller. Stanley Kubrick casts, then married Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, and fucks with them. <laughs> that, that's my logline. Does that sound right? Stanley Kubrick takes the Cruise family on a year-long <laughs> escapade to try to out Tom Cruise in front of the entire world, maybe? like <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Um, no, I, I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, the whole masked orgy so like I, I don't think that honestly has anything to do with it which I know is what it's you know known as but it's about a, like a, a well-off married couple that's like struggling and I think it it tells that in such an interesting way and I do I love an erotic thriller also saw a basic instinct for the oh, first time snaps. almost made the list <laughs> love um, the Wayne Knights in that I, movie that was an unexpected gift from basic instinct not to go too far <laughs> off the beaten path but that's a gift so sweaty it's like having Rudy Giuliani oh, so show sweaty. up in places I feel like it's just yeah and it's really just for him to like lust after her <laughs> like he's like oh yeah who who can look gross as they do that anyway um I I, I just think it's like 
it's fascinating. The scene between the two of them where she, at the beginning where they're sort of talking about the party and like she's saying like it's crazy that you don't think I want to cheat on you is is just like one of the best written scenes and Sidney Pollock is incredible the scene with him and Tom Cruise at the end um and I just think I I find Tom Cruise so fascinating as I'm sure we all do I also watched Vanilla Sky I've been watching so many things it's very it's all seeping out and I'm so sorry (laughs) to jump all over the place but I just think he is so interesting as an actor and um I don't know. I just, this movie looks great. The practical lights, it's like at Christmas time. And so everything just looks a little like sadly colorful. It's really beautiful. I, I highly recommend yeah, it's, it. It's, oh God, I need to go back and see that movie. I remember it as the movie where Tom mm-hmm. Cruise somehow can't get laid for two hours. It's like basically. And he's so, trying so hard. And I agree. He's so fascinating. <laughs> what I love about him is that the intensity level never changes, but the characters and the genres change intensely. So it's like yeah. Ethan Hunt running down the streets of Paris. It's this the best runner of my all God. time. We should get it. He should have a statue just with the, the like the straight palms. But I feel like he brings the same intensity to like I'm gonna walk down a New York street in a trench coat, wondering why my wife wanted mm-hmm. to cheat on me. Like it's this, there's the same verve to all of it, just used in such wildly different ways. It's yeah, and and he's. Uh, yeah, uh, there, there's like a very small thing that I was watching. And I was like, oh, because I sometimes I'm like, is he a good actor? And I, I'm not sure. <laughs> but then there's a scene where he's coming out of the cold into this like nightclub and he like pinches his nose like he just came out of the cold. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was so impressed. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's see, that's the little behaviors, <laughs> the little things that we should all as actors be uh, paying it's, attention to. It's so to, funny as you but... say that because now I just think about like, Al Pacino sent of a woman, which is like a performance entirely <laughs> of behavior like that. It's like, get you your Oscar. Get it. Get it. Um, okay. My number five um, is a is an original film from from this time that I watched on the old on the old outdoor movie screen, which has been a real lovely part of my quarantine. We got a projector. We've got this. It was shockingly cheap. It's like a rubber screen with these like metal stands and we just like leave it up. And we watched the Hulu original film Palm Springs starring Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti. Milioti? 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 I think Miliata, but I think it's up for grabs. She, well, I bet I bet she'd have an opinion on it, but I, I don't know her. Um, I would love to tell her how wonderful a job I think she does, but I thought that movie was great. I had heard that it, yeah. it was billed to me as like Andy Samberg does Groundhog Day, which I would say mm-hmm. is not a terrible pitch. But I actually thought it was about a lot more than that. It felt like a, a wonderful comedy that totally had my attention and was fun, yet left me thinking about like reincarnation, Buddhism, and our patterns of being in a pretty profound <laughs> way. And I just mm-hmm. thought that the performances were fucking great. And I I don't know that I had a better time, quote unquote, at the movies in 2020 yeah. than watching that. And I, I miss that feeling. There was a simplicity to it, too, mm-hmm. of just like, it's an Andy Samberg comedy. I'm just going to enjoy it. And then it and then it felt like it leveled up in front of my eyes of what it was going after. Right without uh me bringing in such big expectations did you did you see i did and i loved it i i didn't put it on my list because i wasn't sure if people had seen it and i i did try and tailor my list around um <laughs> things i i want people so to we watch. started with oh what but, you want them to watch okay <laughs> 
what I want them to watch so I can talk Perfect. to them about it. But um, but it's it's definitely on my list of honorable mentions. And I um, yeah, I, I think Andy Samberg is underrated, if if at all possible. Um, and this movie, I, I love Groundhog Day, and, and you're right, it is. It's it's very different. Um, it felt like the first successful rom-com in a long yeah. time like you know there have been attempts to like modernize it and and this just felt effortless and beautiful and the relationship between them is so good there are so many lovely jokes in there that just come out of nowhere and um god the the reference to irvine really <laughs> hit home for me an irvine gal um what else? yeah i just i thought it was beautiful i loved it i absolutely loved it it was my favorite new movie this hey. year including yeah, all, all of them. Including all of them. I feel like I know we're going to talk about it. I think this will come up again. Um, one other thing I'll say about that that I, I just find so remarkable is I think he's an actor who, who, who has found how to embrace the successes and limits of his craft as his brand. Mm. Like he's incredibly mm. smart. He's incredibly funny. And he's talented. But he does seem to live in a different world than everybody else. Like – he yeah. he never quite feels dropped into like I I don't know that I'd I'd be that into Garden State with him in the Zach Braff part, you know like I don't know if he can sure. ground me that much. But this character doesn't exist by the rules of other people, and he's cursed by it. And what an interesting story yeah. to tell. And I loved I heard him say like he gets tons of scripts that he says no to because he doesn't think he knows how to mm-hmm. do them, or as well as the person who he knows will eventually book that job. It, it, it didn't sound that yeah that's so self flagellating. But the idea of recognizing that this was the the thing for him and then also recognizing that with the female part they needed somebody who could do that so well who could make you just believe Mm -hmm. in their real present life experience to balance that out I just thought like the casting was aces in that movie so yeah go go watch Palm Springs if you have it right after you uh, you know watch some Eyes Wide Shut it's a nice one yeah a perfect pairing a double feature (laughs) there's some interesting commonalities actually people you know couples searching um you got to take everybody for all of their flaws. Exactly. Um, <laughs> okay, let's get to number four. What's your number four? Okay. My number four is um, a, a big swerve. It's Onward. Have you seen I Onward? I saw Onward and I cried. I cried so much. I cried. Okay, so Onward, I felt like it got buried. I remember Karina in the office told me about it, but I didn't know anybody else who had seen it. And it felt like this weird unsuccessful Disney Pixar. I'm sure it did fine. But well, it was um, but I just it was the heard. it was the Pixar movie that was in theaters right as the pandemic hit. So it got right. like a week and or two of real gross and then fell off and then was on Disney Plus. So I think the the response to that movie was weird because, you know, the world fell apart. Yeah. So so yeah, it feels like it was not its fault, but um, but I again I just want to p- encourage people to see it because it, it is on Disney Plus. Um, oh, and Eyes Wide Shut is on Hulu. I tried to look up if everything was streaming somewhere. <laughs> um, uh, but it, yeah, it's like a classic Pixar. The world building is lovely um, and so thorough and and fun. Um, and I just I don't know. I've been thinking about it, and I think comedy on the family film level is the the smartest best form of comedy there is in in many ways. It's just it's this movie is it's emotional and goofy. Um, and I did I saw it with my big brother, and it's very much I would say a sibling movie. And we looked at each other at the end and both burst into tears. Um, I really I really like it. I think it's it's really nice. Yeah, I mean without. I don't. Th- 
the way that the wants for the dad get mm-hmm. brought to the brother is one of the sweetest things I have ever seen. And the wait, can you? I, I this is a fun game for me. Pitch onward. I find this to be the most Pixar-y Pixar thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh no! I feel like I'm. This gonna one's watch hard. It. I think this one's really weird. It sounds like a fake idea for a movie to me. Um, siblings who grow up in a a magical world that is losing its magic right around the time that their father passes, try and reignite that magic as they try and find bring their father back to life. Okay, see that? Oh, I, I think don't you're, know. I think that actually sounds like pretty Disney to me. The th- the the version I was working with was like. Two brothers try to bring their dad back from the dead and end up with a pair of pants. Like that's a pretty like, yeah. <laughs> and they have to save this pair of pants in twenty four hours. Like it's such a Pixar idea that sounds like maybe yeah. half baked, and then you watch it and you're like, "That's off to you guys." God damn, it's, it's good. So... Yeah, the scene where they all dance. It's so sweet. It's just really nice. It's, it's funny. This I didn't expect this, but this podcast is now causing me to feel nostalgic for the best moments of quarantine. Like these, these are the moments where I was like actually having a nice time forgetting that the outside world was a mess. And it was just like (laughs) Kara and I on the couch and I'm sobbing to onward. It's great. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Well, what's your number four? So my number four, I had like two that I wanted for the same slot. Um, so I'm going to pick one, but I will say the runner-up as well, because I I, I, had, I, had, okay. I was of two minds here. Um, so the, my pick is another Hulu show, which is Dave. Did you see oh. Dave? Sam watched it in its entirety, and I heard, I've heard about, you know, things. Um, I, I only saw the pilot. Um, tell me about why you like I Dave. I loved Dave. So I was a fan of Girls, and I felt like this in terms mm-hmm. of... Like how epi- how the storytelling was done felt like the closest thing to a male take on that. Every single episode felt like its own short story. Every almost every single episode had some moment, whether it was him rapping or what the conflict took it to, where I was just like, I can't believe we are here with this in something that always felt extreme but very real. Like, oh, this show is talking about the really uncomfortable thing you're not supposed to say, and I couldn't take my eyes off that guy. And I gotta say, as like as a as a nerdy Jewish kid, it really made me feel like you know, there's more potential for me that maybe. Maybe I could get there someday. Um, so yeah, I just I loved it. I loved every performance in it. I I loved the gray areas it lived in, where characters are supposed to be wonderful one episode and like really flawed, and maybe they're not going to be around anymore the next one, and, and in a way that just feels like life a little bit more where almost the characters are not as consistent as a sitcom you know like that idea of ritual we love so much like this is actually willing to say I don't know this person's kind of a dick today or you know like. That it yeah. all felt surprising. Every episode felt surprising. And dude, that guy, I if if you're telling me that in that episode of television I get to see him rap again, great. Get rid of everything else. I want to watch that. <laughs> give me a little dicky. Give me a little dicky. Um That's so I will cool. give a shout out though, because the other comedy mm. that I just adored, um, that feels like a cousin because the same network was uh, what we do in the shadows. We had missed that. We oh, were not caught up. So and that was one of our like Let's do this one. And included the movie, yeah. which I think is genius. But that mm-hmm. cast uh, on the FX show is, yeah. is out of this world good. But my pick goes to Dave. The the points great to Dave. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so check it. that one out. What do you have as your number three? 
my number three is uh, is called Boy State, um, and it's a documentary uh, produced by A24 on Apple Plus. And um, you know, I, it's it's really well done. Have, have you I seen have this not, one? but I've heard people talking about it. So please get me get me over the hump to watch this movie tonight. Okay, so Boy State is a real thing that I guess every state has, and I know somebody who actually did it, um, and there's Boy State and Girl State, but it's basically a summer camp for high schoolers, and you go and you, within, I think it's a week, um, mimic an election process. Um, and so the idea is that it's this little microcosm of government, but it's teenage boys. <laughs> and um, it's just really interesting. You, fa- you fall in love with these boys who care so much I, and either are taking it very seriously and want to change the world. And, and by the end, you're like, I believe you that you will change the world. Or you see them pick a platform that they just think people will like. And, and it, honestly, how that works as well. Um, it, it's, it's a really well done documentary you just yeah again you fall in love with these boys and it just shows how even in this like idyllic camp that's meant to be um encouraging about the government processes and how leaders are chosen it it gets really ugly and uh and there's a real lesson there as well is the film ultimately optimistic or pessimistic about our electoral process i don't want to give it away okay is, yeah. was it uh, okay okay fair i just want to know whether i'm like in for what was that documentary the factory or something from like a year ago is the one about the do oh you know yeah. What I'm the yeah the obamas yeah, produced yeah. it and because the obamas produced it i kind of expected it to be uplifting at the end and that movie <laughs> nope. ends with a gut punch and i was on an airplane and it 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 changed the last three hours that I had of that airplane ride sitting with, oh, God, oh, Jesus, I guess this is the end of America. Um, I think this will feel more hopeful than that. Great. You know, it's it's not, I don't want to give anything away, but I think even just watching, again, these boys who care so much is really inspiring of like, I I hope this next generation saves us. Go Zoomers. Yeah, go baby Zoomers. <laughs> Come on, please. Okay, great. I'm going to check that out. I've been, I've been wanting to see Boy yeah. State. I really recommend Great. it. Uh, my number three, I, I hope this is, this. I know you watched this. I feel like this thing we talked about was the uh, ESPN Netflix co-production, The Last Dance. Oh, baby, it's my number oh! one. Okay, well then we're holding off. We're holding off. We're holding off. We're going to just wait on the no, last no, dance. No. We're going to wait on the last dance. We'll get to number one. We will get to number one. Okay, we're going to, because boy, I got shit to say on that and I love that that's on your list. Okay, my number three is waiting. We're just gonna have to wait a minute to talk about. Ugh, I'm sorry. Do you want to? Do, do, why don't you do your okay, number two? Uh, okay, great. I'll jump to my number two. My number two. This is probably the least on brand thing here. This is something that I had never <laughs> watched before quarantine. <laughs> I never would have thought okay. to watch it before quarantine. It was it was probably a recommendation from Andy Greenwald on the Watch that got this to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I now probably watch more hours of this than anything in the last five years. Is no Bravo's way. Top Chef? Oh, wow. No one was expecting this. Oh, Brian, welcome. Tell me everything. So there are, I believe, 17 seasons of Top Chef. I have now seen 15 of them. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I will talk to you. I mean, we we still need seasons eight and nine are the last two to watch because we we started with the newest one that was finishing up as quarantine began. And then we thought going Mm -hmm. back in time, 20 years, just I don't know the standard definition. It was too much. So we started in the middle. Worked, never uh-huh. thought we'd catch up. And then, you know, starting in season 10, it was se- season 17. 
we did wow. it. We went back to the beginning. That's its own gut. Incredible. That is an artifact. The first season of wow. Top Chef has Billy Joel's daughter hosting, Katie Lee Joel, before Padma. And she is, it no is way. the worst job of hosting I've ever seen on anything in my entire life. You get exactly why she, <laughs> welcome to Top Chef. Apparently they um, they couldn't mic her correctly because her heart was beating so loudly that it ruined the audio. And I've never seen someone oh, be no. that stiff in my entire life. Then season two, Padma walks in and from episode one, she's the best host I've ever seen at any, she's owning Effortless. Oh my God, is it effortless? <laughs> Sweet Jesus. But I am here to talk to any Top Chef heads out there. I want to know like, what seasons are you happy with the winners? What seasons are you uh-huh. not? I'm ready to talk about what restaurant wars were like really lived up to it and which ones didn't. And I, I'm not uh, a reality television person, although I guess now- I was going to say I didn't- Now it is. Here you but are. I, and for quarantine, I feel like it's important a- to have one thing in bulk. Yes. Right, because there's so much disposable stuff, so much stuff moving around. I think for some people, it was just going through the office again or something like that. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's been Top Chef, and I don't know what's going to happen to our routine when we get through these last two seasons. It's so nice because it is. It's and not to not to call it your candy. Yeah, it is. But but I do think <laughs> it's like the stakes are so high, but so small at the same yeah. time. It's like you can be so into it and and also know like. It's all going to be okay. It is. <laughs> They're going to be fine. And we get cooking ideas from it. Yeah. And I will say there's something, there's a beautiful arc to that. I'm going to say it. There's a beautiful arc to Top Chef where the yeah. first like eight seasons, it's really, you see uh, a a world dominated by egocentric white males who have been trained mm. by the proper institutions. And all of the challenges are just, can you do it in this complicated way? Where it gets to is tell me the story of who you are or where you come from through your food. And that's wow. what the show is about now. And seeing that arc and all of a sudden the, the the types of food that you see on there, the people who are winning, it's changed. It's changed demographically. Yeah. And you're, it feels like America changing in the, in the exact right ways you want it to. So in that, we found it very inspiring um, to just see it like, oh, this became more of a meritocracy rather than who went to the right French school right. ahead of time and i don't know it's <laughs> it's been really fun it's been a ton of fun that's awesome well we'll have to catch up i think i i have only seen season five but it as i recall was an excellent season was that jeremiah stefan and fabio oh, yeah no that one would be four that's season four season four, four. or the twins we'll catch we'll, we'll up. do it um, we'll do it we'll do it <laughs> great is, great number i two. thought that would shock some people so there it is that's yeah. my shocker okay what you got what you got for number two Okay, my number two, and I won't shut up about it, is Police Story. It is on HBO Max and Criterion Channel. And here's the thing. Jackie Chan is the greatest entertainer of our time. I'm not going to think about it too much, but as I say it, I mean it with my whole heart. The world for Jackie Chan. I love him. I love him so much. I, 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 I grew up watching Rush Hour, Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights, Rush Hour 2. I think I saw the tuxedo in theaters, whatever. I had never seen any of his non-American films, which is like just dumb of me because Police Story is written by him, directed by him, starring him. And and it's what he in interviews has called his greatest action movie. And it is an absolute romp. It is a delight. I applauded throughout the entire film and laughed and laughed. It's, it's so fun. 
I can't recommend it enough. Police story. Holy well, God, that you know, it's funny in salon we talk about pitching sometimes. That's the pitch. That's the thing. What you just told yeah. me, I have no idea what it's about, and I can't wait to watch it. That's the pitch right there. Let me know your joy you know and your passion for it. Oh, my God. I am so passionate about it. The action sequences are incredible, and I, I think I think we've made action sequences too boring. They're too much about just the like spectacle and not enough about the wit. There's so much wit to his action sequences, and there, and some of the comedic gags haven't aged super well i will give you that heads up but his comedic acting is superb he is so funny he is so charming and i just think he's a star (laughs) we should tell somebody that that jackie chan is gonna go places (laughs) i just think look here's the thing please (laughs) he's got it (laughs) i don't know what it is but he's got it there's something about picking Jackie Chan for number two that feels like such a flex from you. I'm so impressed right now. I'm so <laughs> impressed. I felt like I had a wild card for number two, but I really feel like you've outdone me on that one. And I, I, hats off to you, Lindsay Chambers. I, mean, I need to see police. And I bet it just looks different too, because we're not going to quick cut all the time. He can actually do all the stunts. So you're probably a little further away. There's less CGI. It probably feels like a different kind of movie. I, I won't give it away. The opening action sequence is like, so insane and feels like it must have been so expensive but you know that he was just like we have one take <laughs> and um and yeah it's really I, it's so much fun that's incredible i'm excited for you to watch it's it. incredible okay okay i hear you um my number one is boring my number one is boring but it was the best thing i've seen and i just i don't mean um as in watching it was boring i just the pick is boring and i'm just gonna apologize for that ahead okay. of time but it's the queen's gambit i thought the queen's gambit was one of the best miniseries i've seen in a long, long, long time. I thought it was striking from start to finish. I thought it was visually beautiful. I thought her work was fantastic and different than what you see on television. Like that to me was a performance of a dancer meets an actor. Like Mm -hmm. I felt Mm -hmm. like she was in lockstep with the director for every frame, every movement was a painting. I felt like it was... So, uh, you know, it's a fun thing that I get to start talking about on here, but I'm going to be a dad to a little baby girl. And that's the coolest thing in the world. And I'll just tell you watching that being like, that is feminism the way I want her to see it. Like that is that it's not a big fucking deal that people respect her in that like guy after guy. Like I kept on thinking I was nervous in the first episode. I thought the the janitor Mm. was going to was going to do something (laughs) bad to her. And I was so happy. I was like, oh, this is a story where not every terrible thing happens in the name of making it like gritty and somehow that that is real, which it's not. Uh, But that the fact that we were in a world that actually was for the good, like that was kind of inherently optimistic, felt like a genuine surprise every single episode. And I also Mm -hmm. love that I know nothing more about chess than I did at the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> like no one was trying to tr- teach me what the Queen's Gambit. Like they, the Queen's Gambit is about giving up the. Qu- it means your mother died. Like that's what it is. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's no strategy that you need to learn. I don't know what the Sicilian yeah. opener is. And I don't care. Um, no. But I loved every episode <laughs> of it. I was surprised by the by the the optimism and kindness underneath it. And mm-hmm. I just I think we should all watch more stuff like that. I thought it was fucking great. Did you watch the Queen's Gambit? 
So good. So I <laughs> I watched the first episode and my my boyfriend Sam is um obsessed with chess. He plays it, I would say, every really? day. And he I didn't loves know this. Chess. Wow, okay. To, to the point where if there's ever chess like in the background of a movie, he'll he'll freak out and call it out. So the Queen's Gambit came, we watched the pilot together, he stood up, shed a tear, and and, <laughs> and then, Pour one out for Sam. And then right here. um I had to go, I had to go, you know, on a walk or something. I came back and he was far beyond. So I, I just haven't caught up yet, but I've seen about half and I do. I think it's, it's so great. And I just, yeah, I, it, it's very smart in the way that you just believe she's a prodigy. It's, it, it's the way that the story, you don't, you know, there's not much, um, that you have to sh- show. I, I don't know. I just think it's really well yeah, done. Yeah. I think it was. And she is so fascinating i hadn't really seen any of her stuff and i went back and i watched the witch right afterwards which was her like big oh the witch is i had not seen the witch that's an upsetting movie uh ooh, ooh, (laughs) that version of witches um don't like doesn't remind me of the like um walking through los angeles on halloween it's just a different kind of uh, different kind of scary but it's interesting because it does seem like her that her medium of acting feels mm-hmm. not unique to her but it does feel very like to her dna and it feels and it yeah. feels very different from what i feel like i understand it to be in a way that intrigues me so deeply like i feel like my way in is often through um using the intellectual side of my brain as much as i can and i feel like she knows how to how to manifest an emotional experience with her body and with her eyes mm-hmm. and and like just even the way she places like her hand on her arm is going to tell you stuff that I would look to do with dialogue or words. And I just was like, oh, I want to I want to spend a day in your brain. I want to see how you break down a script because I, I bet you just do it in a way that is so exotic to me. And I would like to know more about yeah. that. So, yeah, because it also doesn't feel pre-planned bringing it back to like my Tom Cruise nose thing. <laughs> But so good, Tom. So he's so talented, and he can fly a helicopter in three days. Um, (laughs) Just true. Uh, Okay, let's get to it. It, it, My number three, your number one. What is it? It's the last dance. Um, The most fun I've. I I was about to say the most fun I've had all year, which is spooky, and I I don't not mean it, um, but. But it really, um, yeah, scratched a very particular itch. It it dropped at the perfect time when I missed sports so much. And um, I just love, I love Michael Jordan. (laughs) And you've always loved Michael Jordan? Let's just get your background on this. So you went into this as a super fan. Like, you got to have a seven-part or eight-part documentary about your favorite sports person. Basically, yeah. I I grew up right, you know, Space Jam came out. It was my favorite. Uh, I love Space Jam almost as much as Nick, who's the only other person. Oh, Nick Grace. Shout out to Nick Grace. Yeah. Um, If he's Mm -hmm. listening. Um, But I, yeah. And and I remember very specifically, like, that was was the basketball team I grew up watching, even though we were a Lakers household. It was like, you got, my dad just wanted it to make it very clear, like, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen are the two people that you need to know. Um, there are only two you know and you gotta pay he, he was very big on like you gotta pay attention to scotty pippen because michael jordan wouldn't be michael jordan without scotty pippen and i think the documentary did a good job of um you know rounding out you know you get to see everybody on the team and so a couple questions about this would, would you mm-hmm. pay to see it in movie theaters if it came out in like two hour chunks
for the first yeah. time? Probably. I think I would too. This is yeah. one of my thoughts. We'll get to this on how to like save movie theaters. But to me, the fact that like every episode of the final season of Game of Thrones was not also available in a movie theater, I feel like that's your answer. Eventize right. some of the television and you like fill up some of those screens. And anyway, I think yeah. that there's, I would have watched a lot of that stuff. Um, do, do you know anyone who's not uh, a Jordan head or an NBA head who loved Last Dance? Yes, Karina Grossman in the office um, is watching it. I think she she's maybe finished by now. We haven't caught up lately, but but I do think it really anybody can watch it and love it. It is so well laid out. It makes you feel like you're you, the emotional stakes are as if you're watching it in real time. Um, I I think anybody can watch it and and love it. And the the, the closest thing is is my favorite documentary, which is Hoop Dreams. Oh, gosh, which if you so can find good. that, I think um, that's on HBO Max. Is it really? I I will. I really recommend that one. That's an incredible one. As a side, for sure. Um, I I like Michael Jordan. I've always respected Michael Jordan. He he was not like my (laughs) biggest touchstone growing up. But I'll tell you, like as a study in greatness, as a study in um, what it takes to be the top of a field that's very competitive, which I think is something anyone who's listening to this will care about, and just something about like mm-hmm. being an American icon. Not that that's necessarily good or bad, but like that is a thing. And being a, a global yeah. brand, I just think that it's an insight into what that's really like. And that documentary has footage that they just have no business having. Like that to me was the coolest part. Amazing footage. So for anyone yeah. who hasn't seen it, they allowed a documentary crew with the whole last season of the Bulls. And that's kind of the framing mm-hmm. device for this is that they have all these behind, like locker room, airplane, like really behind the curtain stuff. And when there's scenes in there that last for like four and a half, five minutes that feel like a scene you'd see if HBO did a thing about mm-hmm. Jordan and Pippen, except for it's really Jordan and Pippen. And then Steve Kerr walks through and then the guy with the crazy haircut who plays the dime game with Jordan who like takes his money is there and all of it's fucking real and we shouldn't see it it feels like almost seeing the Beatles like on one of their tours or something and getting the real footage and that this has been my piece with this I am convinced that the 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 filmmakers were like we're turning this is Jordan as Batman this is the Dark Knight trilogy that's the arc (laughs) it's you uh you become the you 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 die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain and the entire thing is about him becoming this like savior for Chicago and basketball and his mm-hmm. family. And every time they cut to him actually playing basketball, it's just like the way they cut those Batman scenes. Like the uniform comes on and the music swipes in and he's doing crazy mm-hmm. shit and they show it in just the right amounts to get you excited, <laughs> but they don't show you too much of it. And then at some point, he becomes an asshole and people take him for granted mm-hmm. and he leaves the game of basketball only to have to come back in to save the damn thing. But he's wounded from what it was. It just, it's the fucking dark night. And I loved it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I loved it. I got Kara watched every piece of it. She doesn't really care about Michael. Uh, uh, my brother-in-law, he hates sports and he watched it and loved it. So, yeah. Yeah, it is like you're saying. It just I think it's such an incredible portrait of a. Uh, of an, an almost psychopath, yeah. like just a really fascinating uh, look at sports psychology and, and this man and like th- th- where he talks about, you know, he like admits to making up something somebody said to just like get himself angry enough to win, I think is is just really oh. <laughs> the lore around it. It really does feel that that man's not a bad. Oh, uh, <laughs> God. Yeah. 
Also, God, the the nostalgia there, the the fashion, his suits, the his music like, drops, uh, the color blocks, the music drops. Oh, incredible! Uh, there is a Spotify playlist of all. I the songs. need to check that out. We should put a link to that. Um, also, just the Steve Kerr section. I think like that was the sweetest man in basketball. And like, Your I coach. love that man. Um, and God, that story with his dad is awful. And the idea that yeah. like. Part of the end of the Bulls was, the, was they all write poems and then burn them together in a garbage can while like while Phil Jackson leads them in like a kind of little prayer. That it's, yeah. like, what are they? Are a high school theater company about to do cabaret? Like it feels <laughs> the, the same damn thing. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it so much. Okay, so those are the top five. I think it's really interesting mm-hmm. that uh, Netflix and Hulu were clearly the winners. Um, in terms of who had the most stuff that we were being kind of taken in by, I guess I'm giving Netflix the the Jordan doc because that's where people would see it now. Right. Yeah. I I tried to also pick a smattering, but I I do find that those are the ones I gravitate toward. And I will if you can afford it. Criterion Channel is awesome. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, here's a question I have. I didn't ask you to prepare sure. some of these. So now we're moving into part two, where you don't know what's coming. <laughs> Can you off the top of your head, what was the biggest disappointment in something you watched this year? Is there anything that you were like, oh, God, I wanted so much more out of that? Or You know, you're asking this is an, an interesting time. Um, I did watch Mink last night. Ooh, Mink. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, give anyone, um, because it's so new, I don't want to color anyone's opinion of it but i just um you know you tell me it's a fincher movie about the greatest screenplay of all time i'm gonna expect a better screenplay and i'll just say say didn't his dad write the screenplay his dad did so i think there's some emotional stuff that you know um but i yeah it just uh I, I would say just watch Citizen Kane. Instead, My brother and I did personally. just about a month ago. Oh, it's so like, good. That That's a movie that you always, I feel like people think it will be boring and it's so, it's yeah, so no, good. How Green it's Is just... My Valley is as boring as you think it is. <laughs> Citizen Kane isn't. Like that one's really no. fucking fun. Um, yeah. Okay. My biggest disappointment by a mile was Space Force. Oh, I mean, I just you tell me that I get to watch Steve Carell (laughs) in a comedy like that. He's a great actor and I do not begrudge him making whatever choices he wants to make for the rest of his life. Do it. But I miss getting to watch him in a half hour comedy. That's my favorite mode for him. And so when I basically thought he's going to bring Michael Scott to like eviscerate the current political climate, I thought this is special. And then you put like John Malkovich, who's like, John Malkovich, he must have better things to do. Because he's not in many things. Lisa Kudrow. Right? All these wonderful <laughs> yeah. people. Oh. So I just thought, that, f- fuck, fuck that. What? Come on, guys. Like, if you're going to get the most talented people in the world, I, I feel like we could have just, yeah, no, that, not, not, not enough. It's just, it just goes to show that maybe coming up with um, a TV show based on a name is maybe not a great idea. <laughs> and rushing that shooting that fast, I feel like across the board. It's so expensive, too. It just looks so expensive. Okay, so I've got some questions. Um, uh, and and these are well researched opinions that you're about to give. These are full answers that are oh, that no. have to define <laughs> what people will think in a way that they feel secure with. Clearly, okay. You, All right, I'm shooting from the shooting hip. From the hip. Are movie theaters going to be? Are they dead now? Are they dead? No, so they're not. I don't. What's think so. it going to look like? I think I think it will change drastically, and I um. I also maybe I'm feeling a little bit cozier because we live in Los Angeles and I feel like we're always going to be safe. 
But I, I just think there's something so special about the movies. Again, Bad Boys 3. It's just like, they, I do think that people want that to continue. And, and I get that, like, if you're given the choice between watching, you know, one movie for $100 with your family. This is what my uh, Sam was talking about. was like, of course you're going to pick watching 10 movies at home. You know, it's, it's, I think it's going to become, like you said, more of, more of an event, almost like, um, maybe, I, I don't know if, 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 cause prices will have to go up, if it'll become more like going to the theater <laughs> or, um, I don't, I don't know, uh, maybe more independent theaters that are sort of like in an arc light zone, um, but but again, I, I I'm just feeling comfy that like at least we'll have the new Beverly. Right, the new Beverly. There's a <laughs> lovely know? in NoHo. I'm a big fan of. I'm really hoping they oh, can. It's great. I'm theater. really hoping they can they can stick. It's what's so yeah. sad to me is I feel like look the the pandemic clearly had a lot to do with the state of this, but I also think a lot of mm. things that had great intentions are killing movies. Uh, movie Pass. Yeah. Didn't like right. really made the whole thing super tenuous right beforehand. And that was a desire for people to get to see movies more at the time and honestly led to the best summers of some of our lives. <laughs> Can't even yeah. do that. Um, I heard a whole thing about how Christopher Nolan fought so hard to get Tenet released in theaters and that how yeah. badly it did when it came out became the proof in the pudding that this is that we have to go straight to streaming now. So even the people arguing to save the movie theaters with their best of intentions but might end up I guess that didn't feel like it was coming from a place to me at least of him being like I'm doing this because I want to make sure movie theaters survive it felt a little bit more selfish I than just want that. to make sure everyone sees Tenet on the biggest screen possible and like as it should, I mean again I, I think that's a movie that I didn't want to see at a drive-in even because I was like the sound would be have you, you seen know, it I, 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 I haven't no, I haven't. One of my students did drive down to San Diego just to wow. see it in a theater. Okay. Yeah. But um, it's just, it's so, like, what are the Oscars going to be this year? Can you field even five nominees? <laughs> Palm Springs? Um, I guess so. Make, so, right now we have a, uh, um, a movie that I really liked enough to put <laughs> on my list. A movie that didn't even make your top five list, and a movie that was your biggest disappointment leading your Oscar contenders. <laughs> Like I looked it up. I looked it yeah. up. Uh, what have the best odds right now? What are the top five movies? Uh, oh, tell so me. number this to me is a movie I would love to see, and is exactly why probably movies are going to die. Is number one is Nomadland, which is a Chloe Zhao movie starring Frances McDormand. The logline is a, a woman's journey through the American West <laughs> after losing everything during the recession. Uh huh. I yeah. love I love me a road movie. I love me some Francis McD. Yeah. I, 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 well, you got um, it. I'm, I'm into the idea of <laughs> Chloe Zhao. I didn't see the writer, but it also is like, okay, so either this is what an Oscar movie is, and I don't know that that's going to excite many people, or it's phenomenal, and it's this huge deal. And then guess what her next movie is? She's doing The Eternals for Marvel. So right. either way... This feels like a potential dead end in certain ways. So that's Nomadland. <laughs> and then the other four. Okay. Number two is Mank, which I have not seen yet, but I haven't seen it because I'm nervous I'm going to be bored by it. And like, I, I haven't got, I watched Zodiac again before seeing Mank. Oh, Zodiac is so good. I, we did do a Fincher that weekend as well. What was, the, what was your favorite on the rewatch? Uh, Gone Girl really, I I really love Gone Girl, and I had never seen Zodiac, and I would never seen Panic Room, which was the other one we watched. And uh, You'd never seen Zodiac? Great. What a movie. 
incredible. Uh, I feel like it's great the least appreciated Robert Downey Jr. And I... He's so good in it's that. It's so smart to me to just a few years after he's out of rehab, pl- have him play someone dealing with yeah. substance. There just is something that feels so authentic and cathartic about that. But then also, like, he's the most charismatic man alive, and he seems like he's unstoppable. And to have the lack of an answer, the like to have yeah. obsession be the thing that's like, no, that'll even kill that guy. I find that just like right. devastating when he's like breathing on the, the through the mask and oh, uh, hard. Yeah, yeah, really, really. I feel like that kicked off his whole. Comeback. Yeah, that and uh, what was it, Ally McBeal? Kiss, kiss. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know the timing. Um, and then the other three are Trial of the Chicago Seven. Okay. Did you? I see did. It? Did you? Part of it. <laughs> it's not great. It's fine. It's, yeah, it's fine. like the definition of fine. And I, I wonder if I'd seen yeah. it on a big screen if I'd feel differently. I don't know that I would, but I bet I. It was, I don't know. know. (laughs) Um, Defy Bloods. Okay, yeah. And like, that's my first like, okay, I buy that that gets nominated for Best Picture. Sure. And then News of the World, which- What is this? Is further proof to me that movies are done. I'd never heard of this movie. You haven't heard of this movie. And it's Tom Hanks. Oh, is this the- No, no. what's the ship That's a different Tom Hanks- (laughs) He's Uh-oh. got a couple Uh-oh. going straight We're to some, trouble, folks. streaming services. <laughs> and these are your Oscar picks. And that makes me, you know, you mix that with Tenet, mix that with the, none of the Oscar movies are ones anyone feels a need to see at all, let alone they could see them. Like I, I described Mank, yeah. Chicago 7, and Five Bloods, and maybe News of the World all debuted on streaming. Yeah. And then you have Warner Media announcing that they're going to drop every single 2021 movie, which are the movies that should anchor theaters. It's Wonder Woman. It's Dune. Yeah. It's Space Jam with LeBron James. It's The Matrix 4. <laughs> These are going to all be straight to streaming, which like, I'm glad to see them. What do you, what do you think about um, – and I haven't done this, but I, I'm interested in it uh, – where you can just rent out a movie theater. I love that idea. I mean – AMC was doing AMC it. Was, do you know how much it cost? I think it was like, it was like a hundred or two hundred dollars, and you could have the, the whole place, and you picked what movie out of what they had. And um, uh, Ava, one of my students, actually told me about it. That's um, neat. I mean, I wouldn't do it right but, now just because I'm afraid of being endorsed with people. But as a concept, no. But it's, but it would just be you it's and just Kara. like literally. I feel like I'd want it to be like eight of us. You know, I feel like right. I. Because then otherwise it's like, that's part of the fun is the communal experience. Yeah, like I want to, like, do you know the most fun I've had the, mo- the movies, I think, in the last couple of years? One of them was watching Uncut Gems in the Arclight. And I told you about uh, that experience in the full, like, gigantic screen. I was delightful. Like, one of them that I will never mm-hmm. shake is I just, I, I somehow got a whole bunch of my friends on the same night to go see, oh God, I'm blank on the name, Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron. Long shot. Oh, yeah. Love that With like movie. 10 that friends. Last year. But yeah. like- a comedy in a theater with a bunch of people laughing yeah. and your friends. Like, I don't know that this is much better than that. And I, I worry. The, one of the best movie going experiences I had was um, right when Gene Wilder passed, the Arclight did a special screening of Blazing Saddles and it was sold out. And it was people laughing like they were seeing it for the first time. And it was, it was just like, uh, man, such a special um, experience. That's beautiful. Um, okay. I have another fun question for you. Um, why did Quibi fail? Oh, so many reasons. Oh, <laughs> Quibi? Because I thought everyone just wanted a, a quick bite, right? 
who who wanted that? <laughs> who wanted a quick bite? Here's the thing. It 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 might have done better. It might have done a little bit better if it weren't in tandem with the quarantine. It was it was specifically made for people who are commuting on the go, need that quick bite. <laughs> um that said, what a what a failure. What a huge <laughs> You want people failure. I, Go go please. Keep it. Oh, I was gonna say I haven't even I, I didn't even they had that like six month free trial. It was free, completely free. I didn't even. It wasn't free though. It required at least 30 seconds of you choosing to do things. And that isn't free. (laughs) Time is money. Seriously though, you want me to download that? You want me to create a new password? You want me to link this to my Facebook? How dare you? That almost, (laughs) I'd rather pay you $5 to not bother me about these things. Yeah. But I'll say I knew it was in trouble when my friend sold a show to Quibi and, uh, and they, Gave her a bunch of notes and uh, and then she was like, I don't think I quite understand. And they're like, Yeah, I guess we just haven't really cracked uh, the ensemble comedy for this format. <laughs> and um, she was like, So why did you buy my show if you don't <laughs> like if you know that this just doesn't quite work? Doesn't, like, what show? What is a Quibi show? What would have worked? A YouTube show? Like, what's? I don't know. I I I really don't. I feel like a like a five. Have you ever minute. seen The Grudge? Yeah. That movie is just the same horror scene 10 times in a row and like one of them has Sarah Michelle Gellar in it. <laughs> I think that's where you're like we're just going to see the same doll kill like 10 different people. Like But okay, but at what point in your day are you are you like okay? I want to watch that. I'm bored. Doll I want killing show. One scare. I want one spook and then I'm going <laughs> to good. Tap out and go because make dinner. It's too much for me to have two spooks. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I uh... <laughs> I really don't know. So it could be filled for every reason because it was a terrible fucking idea in an already crowded marketplace. Like a sketch show? I mean, I don't know. I'm but just, when do you want uh, one or sketch? Or like Chrissy Teigen's show maybe seemed like the best. You're right. I do only want one judgment from Chrissy Teigen. One, That's exactly. One bite. <laughs> I feel like, you know what Quibi should have done is like Sports Center. It was a five minute show. Yeah. You know, because usually people don't really care about the golf highlights halfway through anyway. Like, I, I feel like there's <laughs> answers, but they didn't figure it out. This leads me to yeah. since this stuff failed and it is an already really crowded marketplace, what streaming services do you currently subscribe to? What has made the cut for you? So, uh, you know, not to <laughs> put, put all air all my things, I personally only subscribe to Amazon Prime, I guess. Okay. Um, and I do share off of my brother's accounts and then say i'm got criteria well so i'm I feel just like, a spoiled little sure, baby but I, these are ones that <laughs> your the way your life is set up has found a way to be subscribed i think a lot of people share i think a lot of people okay. i take okay. this one roommate so takes that bad. one. No, I, I mean <laughs> maybe that's my own shit right there but to me it's like what your your little pod has decided that we do need mm-hmm. you said criterion amazon netflix but like Hulu. Hulu, but do you guys have do you have the plus the Disney plus? <laughs> we do. We have the free year because we're Verizon, and then forgot to cancel it in time. So I think we have it for another. So time. I'm gonna, and I don't know if we'll I'm keep gonna it. call that a no for right now because if it, if it was unintentionally kept, I think for the purposes of this, we would have gotten rid of it. Well, it's I um my friend does have a show on th- like there are reasons to keep it, but I just um. Other than that, don't find myself reaching a ton for it because there, I feel like you can find things that you would want to watch elsewhere. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? You do, know, you, um, what, what, do you do? You have the Apple Plus? No, I think we had the free trial. Watch some of Ted Lasso, which mm-hmm. is nice. Um, and Boys State, and then and then bowed out. They just don't have a ton. And I'll say HBO Max. Similarly, I don't really know what they're offering separate from HBO at this point, except for they do have a lot of um, classic movies, like Turner classic movies, which which I think their library there is good. And it seems like their foreign sort of like anime library is also. Quite I will good. ride for Love Life. The um, Anna Kendra show. Oh, I thought good? that was yeah, actually seen. real good. Um, I only saw parts of it because okay. Kara would always watch it when I was teaching, but then I'd come in and watch whatever <laughs> episode she was on. And I was yes, like, this, yes. is, this is real good. But I also think they might have a good niche because Netflix is Netflix. Hulu feels like mostly, most. I know that I put Palm Springs on my list, but mostly television. And I feel like there is branding room to be the movie one. And if you mix that we have great classics, our great library, you'll get the HBO shows. And you'll get Wonder Woman, Dune, it's on and on and on. I feel like there's room for that. But I just don't think that all of these are going to be around three years from now. And I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see, like, which ones bite the dust. Yeah. I don't know. That, um, Any predictions? Like, if you had to pick one of these major ones to fall off, what's your first bet? Apple. Apple feels like if you want to make content, be a studio and not a distributor at the very least, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I just like their content has been confusing to me as well. Were you a big morning show head? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I but I here's the thing. I do want to give it another chance if I if I get the chance to to watch it cuz I I think I judged it too quickly. The pilot I found so funny. It's just a lot of people yelling and having monolo- a lot of monologue time, I'll say. Um yeah, this was um I really I actually enjoyed the morning show as as like as candy. But I guess mm-hmm. I spent most of this year just really upset with how people chose to use Steve Carell. You're gonna Yeah, I, I get that. I thought he was going to be like um accidentally accused or something like that. But no, the idea that he's Matt Lauer and that then he's gonna like hang out with uh Martin Short, who's basically gonna be like Woody Allen or something, and they're all gonna talk about how much it sucks that they can no right. longer abuse people. Yeah. A really, really Ooh, wild turn. That's a choice and a half. My God. Um, yeah. Are there any other pop culture things that you've experienced, loved, hated this year? Before we wrap up. Ooh. Um. Let's see. Uh, pop. Like I, I did watch the Emmys, okay. and um. I thought that they handled it pretty well. I mean, I, I I know that that's not anybody's favorite award show, but I had a nice time. And Zendaya won, and you know how much and, I yeah. <laughs> I ride She's for phenomenal. Her. I absolutely love well, that. Was her. a wonderful I'm win. That was a really exciting moment. It was very sweet and very cool to see. Um, what else? Uh, I, I did make a list of um, my favorite quarantine yes, rewatches. Let's do. Let's get into the rewatch. Seen, I had like comfort things one I, one was gone girl um i said the shining um mouse hunt if you if you do want to like watch a <laughs> mouse hunt. a children's you ever seen mouse hunt? that sounds so Nathan familiar Lane. and i can't place it at all so i'm like i'm gonna google it oh when my. we talk tell me i'll say it was a movie that i had watched a bunch growing up um i forget the cinematographer's name but it is the prince of darkness it's like a very dark children's movie about a mouse that they just can't kill it's tom and jerry but it's two grown i've men. never it's nathan um, lane incredible yes okay and it is 
It is one of those movies that I, growing up, was like, oh, this is fun and funny and cute, and I like the mouse. But the, there are some jokes in there that really surprised me that I just didn't clock when I was younger that I thought I thought were very fun. Um, and and Galaxy oh, Quest. Oh, we rewatched um, Galaxy Quest. Oh, so good. Alan Rickman. It's so good. Did you hear the Alan Rickman quote? What he said about no. It? They were interviewing the, I don't know if it was the director or the writer, but he, they were talking about Alan Rickman and they were, and he, he kind of gets nervous and he's like, oh, I, I shouldn't tell this story, whatever. Um, and basically there, there was like a, a point while they were filming where Tim Allen had to like get emotional and they, they finished a take and he was like, I, uh, I don't know what's happening. I, I don't like this feeling. I, I just need a minute and like went to his trailer and Alan Rickman apparently was just like, I think he just experienced acting. I think he just experienced <laughs> acting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and then Austin Powers, I've watched three times in quarantine, and I just Wait, Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. Does that hold up? I yeah, feel like I me, cringe I anytime anybody do- does a Doctor Evil impression. Now I just I feel like the humor humor moves fast. Difference. You know. It's cool one day. It's uncomfortable the next. You know, I would I would love you to rewatch it and then let me know what you think because for me it hits. Okay, so but, it's um... Boys State. It's Austin Powers. It's Eyes Wide Shut. Uh-huh. It's yeah. um Bad Boys 3 or Pain and Gain if I had to pick one here. Pain which between, between what? Between Bad Boys 3 and Pain and Gain if I had Oh, Pain, pain and Gain I would pain say. Pain and Gain um... and then of course Mouse Hunt. This is <laughs> the Lindsay Chamber. This is not the same as your top five, but I do think that this is a form of a recommendation, a prescription yeah. for your quarantine. Quarantine was Boy State, Austin Powers, yeah. Eyes Wide Shut, Pain and Gain, and then wrap it up with a little a mouse. Healthy yeah, mix. I mean, yeah. I think that some people, you know, you could go to a lot of film festivals. You're going to get every every kind of niche covered there. I mean, thank you. I actually think there's something very you about that list. I think that that's that's really good. I think that's a work of art right there. Um, Yeah. What about you? Any last facts? Any last rewatches? I've I've found that I'm rewatching movies more than television. It's hard for me to think like Mm -hmm. I'm going to get through all of this thing again. So I, you know, like I I rewatched the first season of Battlestar Galactica. I missed the hell out of that. I do find. The beginning of quarantine, I found myself watching mm-hmm. single episodes of great stuff. So I rewatched um, like the last two of the last three of Breaking Bad. Um, okay. Yeah, my yeah. God, when they're fighting over that baby. Uh, um, <laughs> and uh, what was another one? I rewatched The Suitcase for Mad Men because like that oh, feels like gosh. an indie movie. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but not not a ton. Mainly just like. Being really impressed that somehow good content continued to come out despite the whole world going on pause. And I think that yeah. was a real kind of surprise. I thought at some point we'd all be watching Law and Order again or something. It's <laughs> just like, well, this, this is it now. That's that's all we've yeah. got. Um, it yeah. is such an interesting time of like, you know, my little sister watched The Office for the first time wow. and and how things can kind of loop back through and like Law and Order might be new to somebody right now. But um, but yeah, really impressed. I mean, we didn't even talk about I May Destroy You. Oof, there's or, some great stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have yeah. to save those for, so. for what gets missed. And uh, <laughs> should there actually be an interesting Oscars, we'll have to come back on and talk about them. Or maybe we'll have to talk yeah, about we'll like- see. What are these weird little niche awards full of movies that no one has ever seen? Let's just talk about Mouse Hunt. (laughs) That's, I think, maybe the plan. Um, Lindsay, it's just always a treat. It's so good to see you. 
Um, so this is my last you. thing I will leave you with, actually. This is my final. This mm-hmm. is, I realized I had one last note. As further proof that movies are dying, before we started, I went to Vulture, <laughs> Hollywood Reporter, and Variety, and I looked at just what are their mm-hmm. stories? Top stories. Okay. Vulture. It's either a story on the undoing and uh, and how the end of the undoing didn't kind of lost people, or it's about how uh, Cecily Strong is back on SNL. So we're television all day there. And not even television that many people watch. Hollywood Reporter, no joke. How did Veep get all those famous guest stars? Oh, and this, this is, is today's Hollywood <laughs> Reporter. We need to talk about. Yeah. And then Variety. <laughs> Putting the final nail in the coffin, they did have a movie story that opening, that uh, leading the box office over Thanksgiving weekend was The Croods 2 with $4.4 million. Oh, but. Yeah. Just, no, okay. not even a but. You, had, you went for it and just nothing there. <laughs> Reached for it. There's nothing to say. Um, yeah, it's not looking great. So, you know, at least there's great but stuff. But I'm hopeful. Yeah. I mean,. I did hear someone argue that this is maybe not just a realignment of how movie theaters work, but of how budgets work, and that maybe this is the beginning of $40 million movies actually showing up again and changing the economy a bit. And maybe there will just be like a Netflix movie theater, you know? It's not illegal, though. I don't know Studio and distributor. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. But I, 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 I'd show up. I'd show up. Do they have popcorn? I'm in. Um, okay, that is the end of it. That's the end of my notes. Lindsay Chambers, thank you for coming back on. And uh, thank you for having blowing me. my mind with some really wonderful picks there. I will put them all as the uh, as the as the in the show notes um, for everyone to see. And um, I hope you have a wonderful, uh, you know, wrapping towards heading towards the end of 2020. I hope uh, you too, man. <sighs> Um, yeah, wishing you just the, all the best and keep keep me posted on baby. I will keep you posted on baby. I think everyone will hear about baby. Um, okay, everyone who's listening, thank you so much. We will see you again real soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Lindsay. It is always a joy having you on the podcast. Uh, and thank you to presenting sponsor, John Rosenfeld Studios and Actor Salon. If you haven't checked those out, please do, www.johnrosenfeld.com. Uh, it's the holidays, so the release schedule is going to be um, a little hit or miss, but there'll be new episodes coming, so please check that out. Please share the show on social media. Write us a review if you're enjoying it. And uh, yeah, can't wait to be coming back with a new episode real soon. Bye.